Welcome to Breaking Paradigms, a podcast where we talk about global perspectives on spatial planning in practice and theory, by Constance Frech and Sarah Couchy. This episode is the first in our trilogy about informality. Today we will talk about the dimensions of informal settlements. We will also explore the positive and negative aspects of informality and talk to two experts to hear different perspectives on the topic. In the second episode, we will explore the topic of formalization processes. And we will conclude the series with the third episode, sharing realities of informality on different continents. But let's start at the beginning. What does informality in human settlements mean? The terms associated with informal settlements include slums, illegal occupation, not adhering to building or zoning codes, undeveloped, lack of access, squatting, etc. But how can we define the term crediting all dimensions of this very complex phenomenon? We talked with Gennet Allen. She is a lecturer and researcher at TU Dortmund where her current research focuses on risk management and resilient land governance. We also talked with Kim Dovey, who is a professor of architecture and urban design at the University of Melbourne, where he currently does research on the informal settlement as a mode of production. Both experts gave us interesting insights through their perspectives on the topic. We started the interview with asking them for their definition of informality and the difference between informality and formality. When I say informality and uh, informal settlement in the context of most African cities and especially in the context of uh, Ethiopian cities, there are settlements by themselves to be the right to exist but neglected by the plan. Uh, the settlements, which are called informal, are the traditional settlement and form of urbanization from down, from grassroots level. Planning tries to bring some kind of order, but order from the perspective of the planner. For people who are living in the informal settlement, that order this might not have the same meaning as for planners. I was doing research in informal settlement that represent traditional way of life. You find that it has a lot of logic which are not easy to read if you see it with a different class. Like as a planner, if you see it, you, you don't read this logic. But when you live there, when you go down to the life of the people, how they do their activity, you find a lot of logic in it. For me... There is no such a big difference between formality and informality for, for two reasons. One, because the so-called informality, I don't, from the legal perspective, I don't see it that it is informal as such. Only it is a physical para character, the, the, the way that the pattern of the settlement are manifested, make it different. The second point, so the fact that uh, using again example I did research, you don't most of the time even planners are not conscious when they do things informally. You can go to uh, formal settlements and you see them 
in the development process doing things informally with formal institutions. So the only difference is the one which is informally, it starts in grassroots level. It is, it is really local based and it comes out of the need of the people. Eh? It's not something that a concept to make some change or to develop some, some kind of things, but people need something and they come together and develop something. When you talk about formal action, it is something national level or regional level, or if it's urban settlement uh, from urban administration level, they have, of course, some policies, some government agenda, which they want to, to implement it, uh, to instrumentalize some concepts, some policies they have. But when it comes on the ground, it has no difference with the informal one to the most case. It will, it will mix up, as I said, with different kind of action which develop from the community or the grassroots actors or agents who are doing changing things on the ground. I actually think this is uh, one of the more difficult and deeper questions about the field um, because I think it's rather poorly uh, defined. I mean, it would seem that if you call something informality, it's immediately defined um, in relation to formality. So then you must, in a sense, if you define formality in a particular way, then informal becomes defined in a different way. However, in practice, um, you know, the term informality emerged originally from economics, uh, where there was, where economists would study an economy and they would study it with a, a range of formal tools. And what they called the economy was the, the economy that emerged in um, national account figures. And then they said, but this is not actually measuring the real economy or the whole economy. So then they came up with a, a name for the rest of the economy, uh, which is sometimes called the shadow economy, but usually the informal economy. Um, and, uh, and that meant everything that fell outside those national account figures. And then, of course, the field has spread dramatically uh, into so many other fields other than economics. And then the, the term informal settlements, you know, informal street trading and so on um, become relatively popular as a way of defining um, forms of activity and production in the city that form that, an exchange that fall uh, outside those uh, formal uh, areas. So. In, in an overall term, that's the way in which the field becomes defined. But I think that the reason I think that this is uh, one of the key aspects of uh, urban informality is that, um, that there's not an awful lot of overlap about how people uh, define uh, informal. So my work is largely uh, around notions of informal settlement and informal trading. I think of informality as really an assemblage of overlapping uh, definitions, um, only one of which is illegal. So this is the, if you like, the uh, the six eyes of informality. It's, um, it's often conceived as illegal. It's often conceived as inferior, meaning substandard, linked to the idea of slums. It's often conceived as insecure, uh, in the sense of a kind of insecurity of tenure, 
carries overtones of um, incrementality of uh, informal activity being small scale, uh, uh, a multitude of small scale practices rather than uh, large scale, even though the, the overall effect may be large scale. Um, it's linked to ideas of irregularity, where the morphology of informal settlements is often the irregular morphology of informal settlements and of informal trading and transport and so on are often taken as the uh, one of the defining characteristics. And lastly, it's seen as insurgent. It's, um, it's an activity that bubbles up from below and is often seen as in opposition to the state. As mentioned, there are many terms associated with informal settlements. We want to specifically address the term slum. Do you think it is interchangeable with informality? No. No, I think I'm on record as being pretty clearly on the side of saying this is actually a very bad euphemism for slum. Um, I think that's the reason why it happens. It's uh, perfectly understandable. Uh, the word slum is, um, in my view and that of a lot of people, uh, something of a slur. And the, uh, the phrase informal settlement is used as a means of avoiding saying the word slum because the word slum implies the, uh, or, or it, what it does is, is it highlights the, uh, um, the inferiority, if you like, of, the, of, of a substandard form of urbanism and of a substandard li living conditions. Um, there are quite a few people um, who, and probably most notably, the recent book by Alan Mayne, Uh, fairly strongly endorsed on the, the cover by Mike Davis, uh, trying to eliminate the use of the word slum, saying this word is not, not useful, it um, casts a slur, it needs to be what he calls retired, which means it's a kind of language avoidance that we don't use the word slum. I'm not of that view. I, um, while I understand where that argument comes from, and I'm fairly sympathetic to it, I, um, I don't like the word slum. To try to use it in inverted commas, or to move through it and onto a more specific discussion of what might be substandard about a particular settlement. But it's not the same thing as an informal settlement. And you know, when the when the plumbing breaks down, or or the kitchen gets a bit crowded in in a formal uh, housing situation, uh, we don't call it a slum. You know, we call it a plumbing problem or a Um, or a party that got out of hand or something like that. We, so we have other ways of, um, of, of dealing with, with something that's not working properly. And um, th so the word slum is really a shortcut or a, a, um, a shorthand way of casting a kind of, uh, of summarizing an entire settlement, which is usually almost universally actually inaccurate in the sense that the, that some of the housing uh, is well constructed and serviceable and other parts may not be. Many informal settlements are really quite um, uh, adequately serviced in a whole lot of ways and we really need to get much more specific about what um, may or may not be substandard about particular settlements. Besides which, the, uh, the, the deeper problem is that informality is a mode of production um, and a, a, a slum is a particular kind of outcome. So I, don't, I try not to really studiously avoid the notion of slum 
But I do try to avoid the, the phrase informal settlement as a euphemism for it because uh, they don't mean the same thing. That uh, many aspects of informality are actually forms of upgrading. You know, this is, this is the mode of production used by uh, so many people. Um, and yeah, very often people in poverty, but not only those in poverty. There's an awful lot of um, middle class uh, informal production, as Ananya Roy and others are uh, often pointing out. So uh, informality is, a, uh, is, a, is an important uh, concept that overlaps a bit, if you like, with the production of slums, uh, but isn't the same thing. The term slum explains more the situation of uh, the settlement. It is easy to say uh, slums are informal because slum said the condition is bad. It means automatically for me it has to do with sanitation, it has to do with absence of access to basic infrastructure, such kind of things. So I for me, I cannot interchange informality and slum because, as I said, informal is for me a bit political also. You decide uh, who's informal settler. You are, you are saying people are not legally there. That is the connotation with informal. If slum and informality are interchangeable terms, was also part of a talk Kim Dovey held with Ananya Roy at the Informal Urbanism Research Hub at the University of Melbourne. Ananya Roy answered the following. You know, I think the, the, the term slum, for me, is a stark reminder that urban informality is produced through state power and state violence. A slum is a slum because the government has stated that it is a slum. So what I find useful about the use of the term slum is precisely that reminder that this is a designation, and perhaps arbitrary designation, by state power, by planning power. I worry at times that the term informal settlement doesn't carry that same kind of reminder. And whether we're using slum or squatter settlement or informal settlement or informal subdivision, for me, all of these terms remain inadequate. I use them. But they remain somewhat inadequate because I don't think they fully capture the variegation and complexity of informal habitation and particularly of informal land markets. So in India, there are other terms in use. Uh, the term basti is often used and basti is perhaps a more interesting term because it connotes residence in the city, a settlement. Um, and it is perhaps, has come to be associated with informality, but it need not be so. And it clearly doesn't have the stigma that is associated with slum. But I actually would argue that um, I find the term slum very convenient and useful. I also like that it bridges global south and north and reminds us of these transnational ideas of spatial order that have been central to modern urban planning. We want to thank the Informal Urbanism Research Hub for providing this material to us. The full interview is available on YouTube. You'll find the link in the description. Finally, as a last question, we asked our experts about the positive and negative sides of informality. 
Um, I think in, when I talk about informality, it's not only about settlement. All kind of informal way of life in urban Africa. I think without informal system, it would have been difficult to survive for most people. This Africa emergency, it's like Addis Ababa. They are 70% of most of uh, uh, the settlement are supposed to be informal. Informal sector, if you see it from the income perspective, I don't know how much, but more than 50% of jobs are in informal sector. And sometimes, of course, it is precarious, but not always it is precarious. There are sectors simply you cannot uh, formalize as such because the incomes, the type of income they have or the, the livelihood opportunities that they have, it is so dynamic, it is so fragile, it exists for the moment in some cases. Of course, I'm not generalizing all kind of informal trades which are from, from their nature. Uh, different from the level of uh, income they produce and from the stability of this job, the sustainability of this job. If somebody is working in, in this sector, it's different, it's various. And that the same thing make it uh, um, uh, difficult for these people because something that uh, depend on situation conditions uh, that is not not planned, it's not there, it's not protected because of some people depending on in the informal sector, they have rarely uh, legal protection. The same, you can you can see it's the same with the informal settlements. When I'm saying formal settlement, I can give you in Addis Ababa, in the center of Addis Ababa, they are not, the occupation is not uh, in reality, not informal because there are uh, house, housing uh, uh, in very bad condition to the most part, but under government public housing ownership because uh, in 1975, uh, after the Ethiopian revolution, they nationalized extra house land and land become also public property. So most of these houses have uh, legal documents of rent or local document of ownership but they are declared to be informal and they have no right to stay. And most of, I think now more in Addis, about 60-70% is going to be destroyed uh, in the coming. So already there is a very uh, fast demolition program since the last 10 years. And settlement neighborhood are just simply cleared and people are taken, relocated outside the city or on the periphery. And that is the reason that the law make it also impossible for them to defend their right. They have no protection. They have no right of staying there, being there. That make it difficult not only for them, for themselves, for the people who are the main actors, but also people there are NGOs working with such kind of residents. It make it difficult to protect and to do anything concrete, which change really their life, because you don't have legal support. So it's a strength by itself because most people live on it. Without without that, uh, our cities cannot survive. But on the other hand, uh, people are living in this precarious situation. The positive side, I think, is that this is the 
a bit more generally, if you like, this is the way in which um, cities are produced under conditions where by people who don't have the resources to enter the formal market and under conditions where the state is not able to effectively manage um, urban expansion and and so on. So that this this is the way in which exchange operates when the the, the uh, trading system is not adequate. It's the way in which transport operates when the normal system is not adequate. But the positive parts is that this is informality is, in my view, a a normal part of every city. Uh, even so-called formal cities are only relatively formal, and informal cities are only relatively informal. All cities are a mix of formal and informal activity. I like to think of the um, the informal end of transport as really being dominated by walking, because walking is a as a kind of self-organised activity that operates outside the control of the state. There are no uh, regular, you know, there are no regulations on exactly how you should walk or where you should walk, and so on. And so that in, walking is a form of informal activity that's not illegal, that is uh, very highly adaptive, uh, and is incredibly kind of productive socially, economically, and in other ways. And so I suppose that's the positive side of urban informality is that this is people self-organising and not needing the kind of regulatory hierarchical controls of the state. I think the same is true in many aspects of informal architecture and informal settlement, um, the, the ways in which we um, adapt our houses, even rearrange the furniture, um, poke a hole in a wall here or there or add a wall here or there, these without putting in building approvals and, um, and needing the control of the state. So informality has something to say with regard to the relationship between citizenship and the state. It tends, the positive side of informality actually sees informality as, um, if in a sense, the original form of urbanism, the kind of the er form of urbanism. This is about putting the er back into urbanism. That um, originally, you know, cities are much older than the nation state. They emerged long before our nation states did. They will outlive nation states as the nation state slowly declines and erodes. Um, but cities can't survive without um, in, with this rich mix of formal and informal. The negative side of urban informality is that formality emerges in cities and states emerge in order to bring order into social and economic life and to produce a kind of regularity that enables us to uh, live our life with certain rights and freedoms uh, that, in, that are in an effective state are guaranteed by the state. We can walk down the street um, in some kind of safety. We can um, we can build buildings and uh, with uh, within a framework where we know they're not going to fall down on us in an earthquake and so on. So sure, there's a there's a very powerful negative side of urban informality and a lot of the quest to upgrade uh, informal settlements where they need upgrading has to do with uh, bringing that kind of order into the city and into uh, social. Um, and economic life. So 
that's the negative side. The negative side is that the, the, the insecure parts of the definition, the insecure and inferior parts, and indeed the illegal parts of the definition that I uh, gave to you a little while ago, are, um, they're important, they're real. You know, that there are elements to the way in which informality is, um, you know, it's illegal or, or sometimes illegal, uh, sometimes inferior, sometimes insecure. And uh, so formality brings that kind of security, but it also brings a kind of a regulation and a regularity that can be over formalized. I think of many cities, including my own Melbourne, as being somewhat over formalized, that there are many ways in which we can uh, seek to bring more adaptability, more self-organization, more agility into the ways in which we um, uh, build and design cities. What is your opinion on the term informality? How do you define it? And have you considered the positive and negative aspects? Leave us a comment on YouTube or on our website breakingparadigms.org. We will continue our conversation in the upcoming episode about formalization processes. This was Breaking Paradigms by Constanze Frech and Sarah Couchet. Be part of the conversation. If you like what we do, consider supporting us and join our Patreon community. Special thanks to our supporters Thomas Fischer. Connect with us on Facebook, YouTube and at breakingparadigms.org. Content and editing by Constanze Frech and Sarah Couchet. Sound design by Didac Barroso and Florian Frech.